And welcome back. Glad to have you here. Man, are we covering some material in this podcast and the next one. So you're going to get your notebook out. Make sure you got several pages to write notes. we got some dense material today. Today we're going to talk about the longshoremen, maritime workers, harbor workers, workers' compensation. So get the coffee going. Get that notepad going. This is a tough subject. It's easy once you understand it, but it's tough to understand eligibility. So we're going to split this into two different podcasts. This is going to be part one. So let's uh, let's dive right in. First of all, welcome to the Federal Workers' Comp Coffee Break Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Taylor. I am a Federal Workers' Compensation Consultant and a medical provider. And uh, here at the podcast, we discuss all sorts of topics related to OWCP, FECA, the DOL, Longshore and uh, Harbor Workers' Compensation, and any other type of federal workers' compensation. And we do it in a short coffee break format. We uh, like to sit here and discuss common topics related to filing appropriate claims, rules, provisions, and uh, rights and responsibilities. And we cover tips on how to successfully navigate Federal Workers' Compensation to assist you with your claim. Today we're going to dive into a very dense material called the Longshore and Harbor Workers' Compensation Act. This one is, uh, the hardest part about this one is the we're going to split into two podcasts. The first one, the hardest part that I'm referring to, is eligibility. Who's covered under the Longshore Act versus the Jones Act versus OWCP or Department of energy, etc. So, uh, as we always do, let's get our coffee going and uh, let's go ahead and start um, diving into this topic because this is definitely one of those ones that uh, I get a lot of emails all the time about, especially now that I'm in Florida, because the um, the problem with this particular subject matter is purely eligibility and because it's not as common because there's not as many people uh, that are seeking help uh, it's a very small division in the federal comp system uh, there's very 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 few providers I would say there's less than a hundred in the entire country that understand how to do this or even uh, have ever treated a maritime worker covered under the Longshore and Harbor Workers' Compensation Act. So let's dive into part one, which is eligibility, okay? So first of all, this Longshore and Harbor Workers' Compensation Act was an act that is administered by OWCP. They combined the two uh, recently in 2020 uh, under one uh, director and under one division under Department of Labor um, Office of Compensation. So you're, you're eligible under this act for compensation of medical care if you're injured on what's known as navigatab- navig- sorry, navigable waters of the United States or in adjoining areas customarily used in loading, unloading, repairing, or building a sea vessel. Now this act also covers benefits to dependents 
if the injury causes employees death similar to OWCP. These benefits are paid by an insurance company or by an employer who is authorized by the OWCP to be self-insured. So there is more of an insurance carrier component to this division than you see in a traditional federal workers' comp case under OWCP. The term injury also does include occupational disease similar to OWCP, but it's not exactly the same. All right, so let's talk about the Long Short Act and uh, who's covered. Right, first of all, I'm going to go through a bunch of questions and answers all through these two podcasts, part one and part two, because these are all common questions that you always get, and I'm going to give you straight answers. That's why you want to have a big, thick notebook on this one and hit pause a lot. So... First of all, we've covered this way back in the beginning of the podcast that there are four divisions of FECA and OWCP. So let's remind ourselves what they are and how they're different. Under Federal Employees Compensation Act, commonly known as FECA, um, there's compensation for all federal employees and postal workers under the um, uh, Federal Employee Compensation Act, okay? And there's also a division known as the Injured, the Energy Employees Occupational Illness Compensation Program Act, and that compensates current or former employees or survivors of the Department of Energy. There's also the Division of Coal Miner Workers Compensation, or Federal Black Lung Program. This is for compensating coal miners who are totally disabled or die or injured by pneumoconiosis arising out of coal mine employment. The last division is known as the Longshore Program, which compensates employees of land-based, maritime, and other employment injuries and deaths. All right, so let's go back to Longshore Maritime Workers' Compensation. Who is eligible for this division of workers' comp work-related injuries, death, compensation benefits, okay? We're going to refer to the act as the LHWCA from here on out, okay, just to shorten things up. The LHWCA covers employees in traditional maritime occupations, such as longshore workers, ship repairers, ship builders, or ship breakers, and harbor construction workers. The injury must occur on the navigable waters of the U.S. or in the adjoining areas, including piers, that's docks, terminals, wharves, and those areas used in loading and unloading vessels. Important to understand that. Non-maritime employees may also be covered if they perform their work on navigable waters and their injuries occur out there. Now other employees are similarly are covered similarly through the Longshore Act extensions. Okay, these are different. There's an extension act Okay, there's several of them. There's a Defense Base Act. There's the Outer Continental Shelf Lands Act. There's a Non-Appropriated Funds uh, Instrumentalities Act. Okay, let's go through those real quickly for sake of brevity. Okay, Congress extended the LHWCA to other types of employment, and they're, but they're covered under these extensions, and they're entitled to the same benefits in their, if their claims are handled in the same way I'm sorry, they are handled in the same way as Longshore Act claims, but they have different divisions under their acts, and they have a little bit of different stipulations. The Defense Base Act, the first extension of the LHWCA, applies to employment by federal government contractors that are outside the continental U.S., which specifically was addressing the other two states that are Alaska and Hawaii. Outer Continental Shelf Land Act, is applying to employees of private industry that are conducting certain operations on the outer continental shelf of the United States. 
Non-appropriated fund instrumentalities act. Can't talk today. Applies to civilian employees of non-appropriated fund instrumentalities, what are known as post exchanges, of the armed forces. Okay, if you think you are one of those people, I would go to the frequently asked questions section of the Longshore Act, click on the extensions of those acts that I just mentioned, read them, and see by if you are indeed covered under those extension act. All right, let's talk about people who are not eligible, okay, because this is also important. There's the excluded people by the Longshore Act, okay? So who's excluded? Um, are, these are individuals that would be covered first and foremost by what's known as state workers' compensation law. So if you're a state worker that works in some support uh, role in this industry, some people are covered by state workers' comp. There are exclusions for individuals that are employed exclusively to perform office, clerical, secretarial, security, or data processing work. They are not covered. Mostly they're covered under the state, federal, state workers' comp. Also individuals employed in this industry by a club, a camp, a recreational location like a restaurant, museum, or nightclub, or bar, retail outlets, those would not be. Those are usually state. Individuals employed by a marina and who are not engaged in construction, replacement, or expansion of such marina, except for routine maintenance, would not be covered. Those would be state workers' comp. Also, individuals who are employed by suppliers, transporters, or vendors are not covered, or they are doing temporarily uh, doing you know, business on the premises of a maritime employer, or are not engaged in work normally performed by employees of that employer covered under those acts. Okay, there's aquaculture workers that are not covered. Those are individuals employed to build, repair, or dismantle any recreational vessel under 65 feet in length. Okay, so you can see why I say it's dense. It's very difficult to understand who's eligible. Small vessel workers, if exempt by certification of the Secretary of Labor under certain conditions, okay, those are excluded. Now, Excluded also or under the LHWCA specifically excludes the following in vessels, uh, individuals. Seamen, okay, that's masters or members of a crew of any vessels. These are excluded. They, they are not covered by this LHWCA. They are actually covered under what's called the Jones Act, which is another federal uh, extension act. But this Jones Act covers exclusive regimes providing compensation for work-related injuries suffered by different categories of maritime law, also known as master or member of a crew. This is a refinement of the term seaman in the Jones Act. As a result, these key requirements for Jones Act coverage appears in the LHWCA. If you think you are one of those people, go and read that section. It's, it's based solely on the employee's connection to a vessel in navigation. You have to understand it's not necessary that an employee aid in navigation or contribute to the transportation of the vessel in order to be a seaman under the Jones Act, but the employee must be doing the ship's work by contributing to the function of the vessel or the accomplishment of its mission. That's what's considered a seaman. That would be your master or member of a crew. Okay? This is a little more difficult to cover topic here, so if you think this Jones Act applies to you, I would definitely guide you to read the Jones Act portion of the Longshore Act for further information. 
Now, other employees that are excluded are employees of the United States government or any state or foreign government because these the United States government is classic OWCP, state foreign government, or state workers' comp. Employees whose injuries were caused solely by their intoxication or doing something that was non-performance based off the, off the clock that you're not supposed to do would be excluded. Employees whose injuries were due to their own willful intention to hurt themselves or others, like trying to get into a fight. Okay, that's an example um, of not being covered. Now understand that the LHWCA also excludes, okay, excludes individuals if they're, cover, if they're uh, covered by state, but you have to understand that um, you're not covered uh, if you're an employed individual by a marina and who are not engaged in construction replacement or expansion of that marina. All right, I wanted to repeat that because that's the most common question that I get. All right, if you are one of the eligible people that I just mentioned just now, what do you do if you're injured? Number one, you got to notify your employer immediately. If you need medical treatment, ask your employer for a form LS-1. We always talk about CA forms in OWCP, but on longshore cases, you have to use a different forms. And I am going to put the links on the podcast. The form here would be a form LS-1. That's for authorization treatment by a doctor of your choice. Now, then... You want to obtain medical treatment as soon as possible. You want to give written notice of your injury within 30 days to your employer on form LS-201. Okay, That's also a form for notice of death and injury, and it must be given within 30 days. Additional time is provided for certain hearing loss and occupational disease claim. I'm not going to go into that here. But I want you to understand, contact your nearest OWCP district office for any additional information if that applies to you, if you're one of those type of claims. Now, lastly, you want to file a written claim for compensation on Form LS-203. And that has to be within one year after the date of injury or last payment of compensation, whichever is later. A claim for survivor benefits must be filed within one year after the date of death. The time for filing claims in certain occupational disease cases have also been extended to two years. If you need additional information about your rights and you think this applies to you under federal law, you can access the link at the the Longshore District Office link I'll put on the podcast. There is a list of all the district offices and uh, around the country. Claim forms and additional information may be obtained from the official Longshore website. Now, last thing we're going to cover today on part one. We talked about eligibility, what to do if it first happens. But now we need to understand how do we complete a Longshore form. There's two form styles here. Longshore forms can now be completed by two different options. Okay. Number one is the print form, it's the old school style. That's where you select the form on the forms page that I'll give you the link for. You print the form using the print button. You're gonna fill out the form, write it, type it, whatever you wanna do, authorize the form by providing a handwritten signature because it is required in Longshore that there's a handwritten signature on the form. Then you have to mail it to the Longshore Central Mail Receipt Office. Again, the link will be on the, uh, the district office website or the Longshore website. Now option two is one that I recommend. That's your, 
That's going to be the portal. Okay, we're going to talk about the portal in just a second. Option two is called filling out the form online. You can complete the form using your computer keyboard. Just sit there and type it out. You can also print the form if you want but, uh, and, and send it in. But this, this form has a, um, a place for you once you print the form to provide your handwritten signature and you can also mail that in. Now if you have questions about filling or submitting these forms or need other form assistance, I definitely would recommend you go to the Frequently Asked Questions section on the, the Longshore website. You can also email the Longshore um, District Office at dlhwc-public at dol.gov. Longshore will respond to your question by email. Now. All of the Longshore programs have fillable forms and they have on and they have printable forms. You know, I always try to get navigate you and push you to the fillable forms that are electronically filled out online. But they do have online forms. With the exception of the LS 241 and 242, they are all available to print and you can manually fill and submit. And I'll give you the address here in a minute. You simply click on the forms on the form page. Again, the link will be on the podcast. And then you can fill it out and always remember to give a handwritten signature at the end of the form. You can mail or fax the completed form to the Federal Employees Program Office. Again, I've given you the link to the page. Uh, the fillable forms that you want to fill out online is also on the forms page. You just fill it out with your, uh, uh, your, your uh, keypad. And um, you can navigate from one field to the next with a tab button. Just hit the tab key and it'll take you from one um, box to the next as you're filling out the form. Print the form, use the print button, authorize the form by giving a handwritten signature, mail or fax the completed form to the Federal Employees Program Office. Um, that's the process that they require for establishing a claim. Now, it's important to understand in this podcast that the reason why I wanted to go into this detail is because all of the, the little details about what to do, how to do it, and, and how to work your claim um, is important to know secondary. Most people's mistake and difficulty with OWCP versus Longshore is eligibility. That's why I did this podcast as part one, because you need to understand are you eligible? And if you're not, then where do I go to figure out what division I fall under? So I want to separate it out before I got in the weeds and details of how to do longshore cases. Okay, so that's what I wanted to do today. So what to, what we're doing today is we're trying to make sure you understand, am I eligible and am I qualified under longshore maritime and, and um and their uh, Extensions Act for qualifying for this Federal Workers' Compensation Program. Okay, so I think that does it for this episode of Federal Workers' Comp Coffee Break Podcast. This is part one of Longshore, but this is all about eligibility and understanding the program itself. As usual, I want to thank you for listening. I want to remind you to share this podcast with other federal workers and other maritime and uh, longshore workers if you think they'd benefit from this information. Also, if you need to find an approved medical provider for your DOL OWCP or your longshore uh, case, in Florida, you can find me in Tampa at two different clinic locations and in Jacksonville. 
If you want to make a consult with me to discuss your case, or if you know someone in Florida who's recently injured, you can call the clinic at 813-877-6900. If you're in Jacksonville, you can call 904-504-9660. Also, if you're in another state and you want me to assist you with your claims, questions, or assistance for you or your doctor, you can email me at fedcompconsultants, that's plural with an S, at protonmail.com. I get lots of emails every week. And I appreciate those inquiries. And I help people all the time help their doctor uh, get stuff authorized. All right, I need to go warm up this coffee and get going. As usual, I want to thank all of you who put that uniform on, who uh, work on these ships, (laughs) put that badge on, deliver that mail, take care of our veterans and make this government run. This is a big thank you to you guys. I do this for free just for you. I'd like to retire. This is what I'm offering in my retirement. We would not be able to do all this without the work you do out there. So this is a big thank you. And remember, if you're an injured federal claim or longshore claim or division of energy, etc., and you need assistance, I'm here to help. All right, guys, off to get my coffee and complete part two of Longshore Workers' Compensation. See you next time.